This lesson, guys, yeah, this lesson is one of those, it's going to start out and you're going to be like, oh, we're just talking about stupid politics. And then you're going to see how quickly things escalate into shots being fired. So I, I we're going to be reminding people of all these compromises and stuff that you already know. You're going to be like, oh, why, why more of this? And then, well, I mean, it's not called Bleeding Kansas because everything turns out really happily. You know what I'm saying? Yay. Just some reminders for number one. We're going to go through these really fast. Don't sit and write down every detail because you don't need every detail and the detail you need, you already had. We already had a test on that. So they had plantations. How common were plantations? Not that common. So how come they're powerful as an image of the South? You have to be rich to have them. That's part of it. Like it. It's the dream. Yes, good. It's the dream of being rich and having a plantation and all that other stuff. That's the way it is. That's what they hope for, wish for, dream of. Okay, so when the Constitution's written and adopted in 1787, we're starting out, we're dealing with the issue of slavery. Remember, we had the three-fifths compromise. We also had this... They said any fugitive slaves have to be returned to their owners, and they outlawed slavery or the slave trade after 1808. So they're not going to import anymore. And that's clear back when the Constitution was written. So that's how it starts. That's the beginning. Then remember these other things that we're talking about. So we've got the Compromise of 1820, which happened because of what? What was the big issue? Slave versus free states. And why was that a thing? I mean, why was, why had it become an issue? We had slave states and free states before. What had changed by 1820? Well, there were more. Why were there more? Yeah, the Louisiana Purchase. Yes. Okay. Then 1850, we have more. We have the Mexican Session, we have Texas, we have Oregon, we have all these other places coming in, and they've got to decide what to do. Again, don't write down all this stuff. Just, here it is. This is the answer. Good, you remember this? You're like, I'm so bored. Why are we learning about politics? I told you, shots get fired soon. Just sit tight. Hey, this is what you guys just said, because you're freaking geniuses. Yes, the key, the key is that they want to preserve this lifestyle. Those who don't live it already dream about it in the future. So, we come to the railroad. What does this have to do with anything? You're going to see. You're going to think I'm changing topics. 
So they knew clear in the crap back when they were talking about Manifest Destiny, clear in the early 1800s, they knew they wanted to build a railroad from one side of the country to the other. It was relatively new technology. It's only you know, 30, 40 years old. Like this is how we're gonna combine everything. It's gonna be awesome. But where are they gonna build it? That's the debate. Whoa, that skipped a whole bunch. There we go. Do you recognize this dude? You probably don't. No, I, do. I wouldn't think that you would. His name's Jefferson Davis. And you didn't react to that either. You don't recognize him. Later, he is going to serve as the president of the Confederate States of America. Uh, so now you're like, wait, okay, I get... Jefferson Davis was the Secretary of War, what, what now we call the Secretary of Defense. And he really wanted a southern transcontinental railroad. The problem is that Arizona and New Mexico, have you ever been to Arizona and New Mexico? There's beautiful things in Arizona and New Mexico. What's between those beautiful things? Nothing is a good description. There's sand, and there's heat, and it's flat, and the, yeah, there's cacti, all different kinds. Yay! Right? So if they're going to send the Transcontinental Railroad across the south, they need it to go through a different place where there's a few more rivers a little bit. Problem is it's farther south, and part of it was controlled by Mexico. So Jefferson Davis says, hey, Mr. Gadsden, who was an ambassador, go to Mexico and buy this section from, from them so we could build our railroad. And Mexico's like, sure. You know what? If we don't sell it to you, you'll probably just take it anyway. And they didn't care about it all that much. So they sold it. We got the bottom part of Arizona. That's the Gadsden purchase. I know this is seeming like a who cares. Like, why Gadsden purchase? Why does this matter? What matters is that they're taking steps towards building a railroad in the South. The North doesn't want some kind of crazy slavery railroad, and so they instead suggest that they move it to the North. Now, somebody says running it up there where the red one is, and then this guy, Stephen Douglas, he's a senator from Illinois, he says, no, let's run it through Chicago. That'll be great. You guys already know which one of these wins. Yeah, good, the middle one, because several of you even pointed to where we are sitting right now. If there's one thing Box Elder's famous for, it's the Golden Spike. It's our one national park. Or national historical monument what is it it's a national something rob bishop was super proud of it because he's the one who pushed it do you remember yeah who who was here when he was i guess you know do you remember i don't remember what it is okay yeah he speaks in my poli sci class and talks about it. He's really proud that he made it, I want to say, a national park. 
But that's not important for the current conversation. So Stephen Douglas starts pushing this thing. So it's going to go straight across what's now Nebraska. There was no Nebraska back then. Instead, it was unorganized, what they called unorganized territory. That means it was controlled by who? You know this. Yeah, good. Good, the indigenous people. And back then, they were really scared the indigenous people were going to attack the train. In reality, it's very rare for indigenous people to attack trains. They really... Like, trains are a way better way for people to go past than wagon trains and things. So, But they worried about it, so they decided they were going to invent Nebraska. We're going to send white people into that unorganized territory. Those white people are going to settle, and um, they're going to keep the train safe. So he goes to Congress. He's like, hey, let's make Nebraska and they mostly think this is a good idea, except for the Southerners, because this is going to throw off the balance. Here we've got another free state. So they create Kansas. Okay, slowing down a little. To recap, we've got the Gadsden Purchase. So they're going to make, they want a railroad to go up north. So Stephen Douglas is going to make Nebraska. But because Nebraska is going to be a free state, they add Kansas so that they have a free state and a slave state. Kansas is also going to form a band. They're only going to have one really good song. Thanks for humoring me. I appreciate that. Not today. Okay, so Douglas proposes the Kansas-Nebraska Act. It passes. What does it do for number five? It creates Kansas and Nebraska. This is the easiest thing. I'm tempted to give this to you as a test question. What did the Kansas-Nebraska Act do? And the answer is it creates Kansas and Nebraska just to make it easy. But it doesn't just create them. It also gives them popular sovereignty. What does that mean? Yes. 
Good, they vote whether they're free or slave. Turns out to be one of the dumbest plans in American history. Remember, we're heading towards violence here. And it destroys the Missouri Compromise. Yeah, see, what's the problem, though, with destroying the Missouri Compromise? What did the Missouri Compromise do? Kept the peace. So when we undo the Missouri Compromise, what's that going to lead to? It's going to lead, it's going to start by there's going to be bleeding Kansas. And ultimately, we're going to end up with a civil war. So this is, man, Stephen Douglas thinks he's Henry Clay, and he is not Henry Clay. Oh, yeah, exactly. Henry Clay is the only one who gets to be Henry Clay. Now, this is going to seem like a side note, but it's super important. Back in this time period, there were four political parties that were kind of notable. Four. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> four parties. We already know one of them really well, the Democratic Republicans created by Jefferson once upon a time. Remember Alexander Hamilton, Jefferson not getting along, right? Democratic Republicans. Hey, then we have the big party of the 1800s called the Whigs. W-H-I-G-S, the Whigs. They were kind of the more conservative party. But by this time, they had come to be the moderate party. They were kind of trying to be like, Listen, we'll allow slavery, but we won't let it expand, but we, we'll keep the balance between the states. They were all into keeping the compromise going. That's the Whigs. There were these two upstart parties. One had this big, long, complicated name, but they actually had secret meetings. And so, which political parties are supposed to get people elected. Secret meetings are not good for political parties. But they had these secret meetings, and if you ask anyone, any member of the party, what had happened during the meetings, they were instructed to just say, I know nothing. So everyone called it the Know Nothing Party, which is not good branding. Like, it's not what you want. You do want, not want to be known as a know-nothing, okay? And then there's this other party, this little podunk party that wasn't all that popular called the Republicans, whose big thing was abolition. They wanted to outlaw slavery. So uh, we'll probably hear about them again. We'll see what happens in the future, right? I'm being sarcastic, of course. So what happens is the Whigs now... The Whigs have tried to make everybody their friend, and they've pushed the compromises so much that when the compromises die, all that's left is, well, nothing. Their party dies. Their party dies. The Republicans recruit a bunch of the know-nothings they form the Republican Party that is going to end up being really successful. 
and that still exists today. So I told you that mattered. But it's kind of a side note right now. We were trying to get people to kill each other. So let's move on. So Kansas is now open for settlement. About 1,500 people go into Kansas. And they're going to vote on whether they're what or what? Slave or free? Will they be slave or free? What are they going to do? And so, well, a bunch of people from Missouri grab their weapons, get with their friends, four mobs, come into Kansas and vote. So with a population of about 1,500, about 6,000 votes are cast. This is really illegal. Why did they let him get away with it? They did not want to die. Yes, these people were armed and they were really rough. As, as a matter of fact, they called some of them border ruffians. Hey, so in they come. Here they are, and they vote. And with the Missourians who are supporting slavery and all those extra votes, what are they going to become? They become a slave territory for now, but they will eventually be a state. So they become a slave. Now, if you were a normal resident of Kansas, how would that make you feel? Yeah, well summarized. It, it probably upset you. So they were frustrated. So what they did is they had another election and they elected another government. So Kansas now has two governments. One is in Lawrence, Kansas, the, the free governments in Lawrence, Kansas. The other one, you don't have to memorize Lawrence, Kansas. It's just important for the story. The other one is, I don't remember where it is, somewhere else in Kansas. But which one is legitimate? So you have a, a government that was elected during an election that was not technically legal. And you have another one that was elected by a bunch of people who were not residents of the state. So it's not legal either. Uh, see, that's a good question. Well, President Pierce was a slave owner. So President Pierce decides that the one in Lawrence is the bad one. And so he declares them all traitors. So some sheriff from a totally different part of Kansas decides that he's going to show these free staters what's what. So he grabs a bunch of just random people. They arm themselves and they march on Lawrence, Kansas. When they get there, they burn the governor's mansion they burn the printing press, and they kill somewhere between 160 and 190 people. See why we're calling it Bleeding Kansas? Okay, so now that escalated fairly quickly. But do you see why? What really led to this? 
this slavery is a good summary. What about slavery? Why did they want Kansas to be a slave state so badly? So they had more power in the Senate. This is what it's coming down to. Tomorrow, we're going to see a dude named John Brown go nuts and kill a bunch of innocent people with his sons, ultimately die, and they write a folk song about him. No, John Brown, yeah. Did I say James Brown? Did I say Jim? <laughs> it's John Brown. James Brown is a, like, blues star, dude. Like, he's really important in history, James Brown, actually. Super good and influential. Yeah, you know, John Brown. We're going to see Bleeding Kansas get worse. And basically, we're going to see a whole bunch of people shoot at each other instead of resolve their problems peacefully. Exactly. Questions? Or is that clear enough? Okay, here's what I need you to do. Or actually...